I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. I want you to put yourself in the shoes of Peter. Peter the fisherman, Peter the fisherman who left everything behind, left his fishing nets behind to follow Jesus. You've been following Jesus for a long time, going through this period of training as a disciple. And then one day, you are chosen to become one of the 12 with Matthew and James and John and Philip and the others. You become one of the 12 apostles in the inner circle, an apostle now being sent out to go out and teach and to heal and carry out the mission of Christ's kingdom. This is amazing. And after three years of this great training with Jesus, one day, Jesus chooses you among the 12 to be the head of the 12, to be the rock upon which he's going to build the church. You're going to be given the keys of the kingdom. This is incredible. And then the night before he dies, you're noticing there at the Last Supper, Jesus seems not himself. And he's talking about strange things, about great trials that are coming and suffering, and that even one of the 12 is going to betray him. And you can't believe this. And you, and, and you say to Jesus, oh, I, I'll never do this. I, I, I'll, I'll always be with you. I'll go anywhere with you, Jesus, even to prison, even to death. And yet later that same night, just a few hours later, you're going to run away in fear when Jesus is arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. And you'll kind of follow from a distance when you, he gets to Caiaphas's house and, and you're wondering what's going to happen with Jesus, but you want to be hidden. You don't want your identity to be made known. And somebody seems to notice you. Hey, you're one, you're one of them. And someone else says, yeah, surely your accent's giving you away. You're one of them. And no one says, oh yeah, I saw you. And, and, and in the heat of the moment, all your emotions and fears just take over and you find yourself denying Jesus and saying, no, I'm not one of them. No, I don't know him. And you, you even swear an oath and you put a curse on yourself and you say, I do not know the man. And right at that moment, the cock crows. And then you remember. You remember Jesus gave a prophecy, a prediction, that you would deny Jesus three times before the cock crows. Oh, how would you feel in that moment? How would you feel if you were Peter? Well, my friends, I want to just share with you a little bit uh, and give you another little insight into the new book I have that's coming out uh, and the new uh, video Bible study we have. It's a five-part study meant to fit into Lent. It's all called No Greater Love, A Biblical Walk Through Christ's Passion. And it's available actually right now on pre-order with ascensionpress.com. You can also find it on my website, edwardsree.com. But I want to share with you just a little preview, get a little taste of one of the topics we explore here, and that is this very topic of Peter's denials and what lessons we can learn from how to deal with our own sin. When we notice we're doing something that's off and the little cocks crow in our own consciences, so to speak, what do we do in those moments? You know, uh, the, the Gospel of Luke gives us two little details that I think are very important here. One is that, you know, as soon as the cock crows... Jesus turned and looked at Peter. I mean, what a moment that would have been. I mean, just again, you're Peter. Just imagine you're all of a sudden, uh, you know, aware of all that you're doing now. You hear the cock crow, and then you see Jesus looking at you. Uh, I think there's a couple things there. What does that look look like? How do you picture Jesus looking at Peter? Uh, is it a look of scorn? Is it a look of wrath? Is it a look of anger? 
Uh, is it a kind of a condescending look? Hey, I told you so. I told you you'd do this before the cock crowed. What, what kind of look was this? I think there's two things here. One, I think it's kind of a, it's a look, it's a, it's a bit of a stern look. You know, it's kind of like like maybe when I, I'm at the table and I see one of my kids misbehaving, I may give them that look, you know, dad's look, kind of don't do that. You know, <laughs> uh, I think that's kind of the look that Peter got there. And that's what he it makes him wake up, makes him go, wow, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, and he starts to feel badly about it. But I also think there's a look of great love, compassion, understanding. I think I think Jesus is. Looking with Peter with love, you know, that that's how he looked at the rich young man. Remember the story of the rich young man who wanted to follow Jesus as a disciple? He was willing to obey all the commandments, but he didn't want to give up his possessions. He was still holding on to something. Well, he turns and he walks away from Jesus. He walks away from discipleship. And Mark's gospel tells us that Jesus looked at this rich young man with love. And I think that's part of what's going on here, too. So it is a stern look. He is calling Peter on what he did, but he's also looking at him tenderly, under with great understanding, with great love. Well, what do we do right at those moments, then, when we recognize our sin? We need to do what Peter did. Uh, the, the gospel goes on to tell us, Luke's gospel, that Peter went out and wept bitterly. He wept bitterly. That particular word for wept, I want you to know, is used the majority of the time in the Gospels, not to just describe someone a little sad, you know, a little tear coming down, but no, it's it's a it's a very emotional response. It, you could think of someone wailing. In fact, it's often used to describe someone wailing over the deceased, crying over someone who just died. Uh, and so picture Peter with that level of emotion here and his crying as if someone died. In fact, it's as if someone did die. Something died inside of Peter, Peter's friendship with Jesus, uh, Peter's um, discipleship with Jesus died at that moment. Now, it's going to be restored and they're going to be reconciled. We know about that after Easter. But just at this moment, think about how how sad Peter feels. And I think that's a great invitation for all of us. When we face these moments in life, when the cock crows in our hearts, like we kind of notice, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said it that way to my spouse. <laughs> or, oh, I didn't get that thing done on time like I said I would for my boss or for this colleague. And I, I, I think I'll just cover it up and try to pretend I didn't do anything wrong. You know, you know, what do we do in those moments? So there's a part of us that recognizes we did something wrong. There's another part of us that wants to cover it up to our friends, cover it up to our family, cover it up to ourselves. And we want to ignore it. We need to remember what Peter did as soon as, you know, Peter did something very horrific that night. And yet when Jesus looked at him, he recognized his sin and he wept bitterly. Do you have a contrite heart when you sin? Can I share with you, I've been doing some pre-Lenten reading here. I'm reading a wonderful book um, by Sister Mary Frances. Uh, it's called A Time for Renewal. I recommend this book. It's a great, great little book for Lent. Um, but she gives a little reflection about how we shouldn't be surprised when we're unfaithful, when we sin, when our weaknesses come out. Because we're all fallen human beings. We're far from perfect. We're going to make mistakes over and over again. And so we shouldn't be shocked when our neighbor, our family member, our co-worker has weaknesses. If we really know ourselves well, we know, yeah, we're all struggling human beings, aren't we? Um, but here's the thing. She says, 
we're all going to have many moments when we're not faithful. But the question is, will we be faithful when we're not faithful? I love this. And, and I think what she means by this, and she, I was just having a conversation with some of the focus leaders about this recently, um, that, you know, when we sin, the fact that, okay, I lost my temper or I gave in to some impurity or I was proud or I, I got really discouraged and sad in life or um, I... I I got angry about something that I shouldn't have, or I fell into gossip. Whatever that sin is that you struggle with, you know, those things are just, they're going to just happen. And they're going to happen many times. You got to keep working on it. You know, God's grace will eventually be healed. But when that happens, let's not be surprised. Let's not be so shocked. Don't be so frustrated. Just acknowledge it. Oh, I sinned again. The real question, though, is what you do when you recognize you sin. Will you be faithful then? And what Sister Mary Frances means by that is, will you actually turn to Jesus with a contrite, repentant heart with humility and just acknowledge, I blew it, Lord. I should have been better. I wasn't as kind. I shouldn't have said those words. I I wasn't thoughtful. I showed up so late and it caused other people problems. I was too preoccupied with myself. I was selfish. Whatever it is, like to acknowledge it and be like Peter and tell God we're sorry. We don't have to go off all on our own and weep bitterly every time. There, there are some sins that do require many tears. And if we're really aware of our sins, we'll probably cry more often. But, you know, even in the middle of our day, we can just pause just for a moment. Like we recognize we just did something and you could just, you know, go back to your office, go back to your room and just, just tell, just say a short prayer. You could do it right there in the middle of things. You could do it in the middle of chaotic family life and or in the middle of a meeting. All of a sudden, you, rec- you remember something you did and you didn't handle it well. Just You can, in your own heart, just say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I think so many times there are Christians that just kind of meander through their days. And, you know, they know every once in a while they do something wrong. They know they're not perfect saints. But do they, at every moment, just stop and just say, I'm sorry? I mean, I know in my relationship, in my marriage, and with my kids— I, I, I blow it so many times and I don't get the second level of faithfulness right all the times. There's many times when I blow it and then I'm just still trying to justify what I did or I blow it and I'm just too busy to go to my spouse or go to my wife and just say, hey, I'm really sorry about that. Or uh, I blow it because I'm hurt about something and, and then I don't want it. So I don't admit my what I did wrong in the situation. But I know that I can just tell when I am better at this and I get that second level of faithfulness. So when I do something wrong, I'm, you know, maybe I was just too hard on one of my children. And I go back to that child and I just say, I'm sorry. I just, I, I want to do that more. I know that that's, that's what we need to do, you know, or same thing with my wife, you know, I do something that hurt her feelings and, and I, or, or maybe wasn't as thoughtful. I didn't think through things for her as well, like I should have and caring for her as well, as well as I should. And I just kind of go and say it, you know, that's a little way of weeping bitterly. You know, now there's times where I've wept bitterly over things I've done, you know, uh, but, but, but little ways that we can do what Peter did, uh, that he, that he recognized his sin. So do you get that? Two levels of faithfulness. The first is we're all going to sin. We're all going to have weaknesses come out. We're all going to make mistakes. The big question is the second level of faithfulness. What do you do in those moments of weakness, in those moments when you stumble, when you fall, when you sin? Will you go and say sorry to God, sorry to your spouse, sorry to your friend, sorry to your children, sorry to your co-worker? Will you actually own it and just say sorry? It's a wonderful, freeing thing to be like Peter. And, you know, Peter wept bitterly over his sin. And you know what happened? He was reconciled with Jesus on the third day. 
And that same Jesus wants to reconcile with us and bring reconciliation in all of our human relationships. So let's be like Peter. Let's be like Peter. When we stumble and fall, turn to Jesus and just say sorry. So, my friends, that gives you a little taste of just another little vignette. We filmed this right there at a church in Jerusalem that's built over the house of Caiaphas. And we talked about this, like, like imagining here's Peter, this is where it all took place. And, uh, and, and really wanted to make that passion narrative come alive for us. So if you're interested in learning more, check out. Uh, you can get some, some sample videos. You can watch a sample video at ascensionpress.com. Uh, you can also pre-order the program there in the book. Or you can check out my website as well, Edward. Street.com. Uh, no greater love, a biblical walk through Christ's passion. Thanks so much for all your prayers for this project. I will be praying for you. Please pray for me. And you can always reach me Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or edwards3.com. God bless.